0: The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad, pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast.
1: What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial Beale sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns our Tiger basketball beat writer over at the commercial appeal. We are coming to you uh, day after another uh, painful selection Sunday for the Memphis basketball program, another painful conference tournament really for the Memphis basketball program. The Tigers uh, fall short of the NCAA tournament. They lose to Houston, another heartbreaker in the AAC tournament semifinals. Uh, and they are now uh, for the second time in three years under Penny Hardaway. Headed to the NIT, they will take on Dayton uh, in, uh, Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Uh, in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, Memphis got a number one seed in the NIT, but obviously, Jason, the focus is on the fact that you know that they have been relegated to the NIT. They could not get over that hump, uh, and this NCA tournament drought lives on. Uh, Memphis has not been to the NCAA tournament since 2014. Uh, Penny Hardaway becomes the first Memphis coach, uh, since before Gene Bartow to go three years without making the NCAA tournament. Um, so obviously a, uh, a disappointing result, if you will, uh, uh, to the season because they didn't make the tournament, but, um, I think it's a little more complicated than that in terms of how we evaluate everything, but uh, we'll dive into that in a little bit, but wanted to, I guess, get just your thought, immediate reaction, if you will, the micro reaction, Jason, to what happened this weekend in Fort Worth where Memphis loses in the semifinals to Houston uh, and then obviously uh, falling short on uh, selection Sunday. What, it, what I guess was your, uh, your takeaway from it all. Uh, What was the, what were you left with in terms of your sense of the situation?
0: Well, I, it's no secret. We published our predictions at commercialappeal.com last week. And I thought that Memphis was Memphis was my pick to win the whole thing. And, um, and I, I, I was pretty confident in that, in that prediction. Um, I, I, I just the way Memphis was playing and the fact that they had only just played Houston days earlier, I thought was going to play in their favor. Um, and you know, obviously I, I was wrong and it it, it didn't turn out the way I thought it would turn out. And so, uh, I was looked by that, um, I was surprised by how they played against UCF, uh, I I was confused to a certain degree by Penny's comments after the game about fatigue. Um, They didn't press any, they didn't, I didn't think they played any differently against UCF, especially defensively uh, than they had against anybody all season long. And so, yeah, I was a little bit confused by his um, assertion that he, they pressed too much in the first half and that's why, that's how UCF was able to, uh, you know, take advantage of Memphis's fatigue. I don't doubt Memphis was fatigued, but I'm not sure that – I just – I find it curious – I find it curious that it was – that it was the way they played defense um, that that made them fatigued. So, uh, it was just kind of a a weird couple of days. Um, Obviously, there were some other surprising uh, Mm. things about the tournament. Cincinnati getting hot. Uh, and making it all the way to Sunday was one of them, um, and that's what March is all about, you know. So, uh, but that—that's kind of—that's kind of what I was left with was just a little bit of uh, there were there were there were some unexpected developments um, in in Fort Worth, and that's kind of the 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 gist of where I'm at. Yeah, well, it was interesting. I mean, Friday's game was what it was. They just needed to get through
1: it, and they got through it. Um, the Houston game. It was interesting because it was both different than the first game, but also familiar when compared to the first game. Um, It was different in that Memphis fell behind by 12 at halftime. It was – and I know they were down at halftime, I believe, in the first one, but it didn't – they were getting – it looked like they were about – they might get steamrolled after that first half, especially the way it ended at the end of the first half. Um, And and then in the second half of the game, they just make this – it was just – Incredible how quickly they got not just got back into the game, but got the lead. I mean, they were up four with six, seven minutes to go. Right. And um, they completely changed the script of the game. It was remarkable to see. And then ultimately, it was very familiar in that down the stretch, you know, when you go back and you looked at the box score, you go, man, if they just were average at free throws, they win the game, just like the first one. And in the problem was they were horrible shooting free throws, below fifty percent, I believe.
0: Yeah. they missed more free throws against Houston in the second game than they did the first game, and that yeah. that was that. It, that's what was so crazy about, like, ev- that's all pretty much anybody talked about after the first Houston loss was how many free throws they missed, and if they'd only made a few more, uh, they they probably win that game. And and so you you might think that because of that that they would sort of dial in a little bit more on free throws but they were even worse so at, at the same time it, it it feels like part of the you know the
1: one of the defining characteristics of this team is that it just felt like the little details kind of fell through the cracks they had the broad strokes of things they were an nca tournament team like when you looked at them play basketball at the end of the year They looked like an NCAA tournament team. Um, And in the broad strokes thing, whether it's how they were shooting the ball, how they defended, you know, the talent, they were an NCAA tournament team. But when you got down to the nitty gritty, the little details of the game, they failed in a lot of those categories. And that's what ultimately kept them out of the tournament. Because the thing I was struck by on selection Sunday is you look at the resumes of these teams that were the last at large teams included Drake, Wichita state, um, uh Utah State, it, it felt like Memphis was one win away. like if they get one if they win either of those Houston games, if they win the Auburn game even they you they're just like Drake. like Drake had one quad one win and one quad three loss. Memphis had no quad one win and one quad three loss. And like, you know, I know there's gonna be some people, I know there are people who are, you know, a little upset. Like, how does Wichita State get in when Memphis beat them by twenty? How does Drake get in when the reality is, if Drake and Memphis were matched up in the NIT today, Memphis would be the favorite in the game. Um, but that's not how they decide the NCAA tournament. Like that, they never have. It's about you know, Memphis, body of work. Yeah, they did not have the re- they did not have the resume of a tournament team, unfortunately. Wichita State beat Houston. Now you can make the argument, you know. Wichita State got a home game against Houston and Memphis didn't get that opportunity, but I, I just look back on it now, you know, five games in which they lose three points or less. Like it just felt like uh, Memphis. I don't think you can really complain about Memphis's fate because they had their fate in their hands. They had chances to, to prove they were a tournament team and they weren't, they just, they fell just short. And I, I just, I, I don't think you can really sit here and go, you know, but, you know, but so-and-so, whatever. Like, I don't think you can do that um, in this scenario. And that's why it's interesting when you look at the grand scope of this season. You know, uh, the column I wrote at commercialappeal.com was about how I felt like the last six weeks were as stable as this program's been in a long time. Um, And there definitely was progress made over the course of this season. But I'm not going to go back on – the fact that I thought this team should be a tournament team before the seasons. And when I look back on it now, after the season, I say the same thing. This team should have been in the NCAA tournament. And the fact that it didn't get there, you know, I think is disappointing. I'm not going to, you know, even though they've made progress and I think they figured some things out, a lot of the things they figured out were also like mistakes they made along the way. And So ultimately, I think you have to come away just, you know, disappointed, I think, in how this all turned out because it was there for the taking. A tournament bid was there for the taking. And I know there were some breaks that didn't go their way, but it was still right there for the taking and they couldn't take it. And it's unfortunate. Um, You know, it's been since 2014 now where Memphis has not been in the NCAA tournament and it's, you know, frankly, it's a dark, it's a black mark on the program right now. Like the fact, you know, it's not that difficult to make the NCAA tournament every year. We saw it this year. You just needed one more win. Like, you know, ultimately Memphis beat one team that made the NCAA tournament. And it was Wichita State, which was the second to last team to get in the field. So, you know,
0: like, well, let me ask you this. You, you're we're, we're talking about one more win. Is it one more win or is it one more win against the right team? If they had split with Tulsa and lost both games to Houston, are they in? Probably not. No. Yeah, I, I just like it's, I think it's, so it's probably
1: one. It's either one Houston win, but if, like, let's say one of the Tulsa win, the Tulsa home game is a win and the Auburn game is a win. I think they're in then. Right. Yeah. I, or yeah. if you win one of the Houston games you're in. I think you win either of those Houston games. One, if they beat Houston on Saturday, I don't think they're losing to Cincinnati in the conference final. No. But Like, whoever was winning that Memphis-Houston game was going to win the conference final. So you would have gotten the auto berth there. But I actually think when you look at how this all played out, I, I think maybe even winning on Saturday might have been enough. Yeah, no, I, I agree certainly, with you. Certainly, if you win the road game at Houston, it's enough. Yeah. I, when you look at this. So it's, you know, it's, I, I, that's why I go back I go, they had their chances and they weren't able to pull it off. And, and I think it, you go away, you come away being disappointed. Now, I think the way we look at this season will change depending on what happens this offseason and next season. Like if this is the, you know, foundation of a great team next year, that's hardened by its mistakes and the what ifs of this year. And they come out and have a special year next year. Then I think your perception of this year changes, but as of right now, today, uh, you know, I'm sticking by, I think this team should have been in the NCAA tournament and they ultimately did not achieve that. And, And I think that's disappointing in the end. I think, you know, like they, again, definite progress made, but like, to me, it wasn't ultimately, you know, wasn't good enough to make you. This is a postseason sport. College basketball, you are judged on, did you make the tournament or did you not make the tournament? And they didn't make it. And like, you know, there's things that were unfair about how it all played out and how this whole, you know, the past couple of years have played out. But that is how you are judged in college basketball. And, and, and they didn't get there. And so it's not like, it doesn't mean Penny Hardaway is on the hot seat, or you know he's going anywhere, or he's doing a bad job. But I just think it's disappointing that they didn't make the NCAA tournament because I think they were capable of doing it and they had chances to do it.
0: Does it mean, like you just you just said, that it doesn't mean that his job's in jeopardy or he's on the hot seat or anything like that? Doesn't mean. Does this season mean, however, um, that he needs to? sort of i don't know like do you think that he approaches not certain like does he approach every game now for the rest of his career differently not not saying that he didn't treat the VCU game the same way he treated the Houston game but 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 did he really did he did, did, do we think that Penny treated the VCU well, I think game? As a I way? think you
1: saw him change over the course of the season. To be quite honest, he made you know he he. F- it seems like he figured out exactly what he wants to do as a coach. The way they played at the end of the year—that's pressing style, all of that. Like it felt like they finally were much closer to the vision he had originally when he took this job than they had than they were um, before. But it's just you know ultimately I think it's different for Penny. Like ultimately he's just, he's judged differently because he's Penny Hardaway at Memphis. Like it's not the same circumstances as a normal coach. Like he signed a short-term deal for less money than he could have to help out his university, to help out his alma mater, part of his job. And in that first contract, it was spelled out for him. Part of the job was not even just win games. It was like, get people back in the stands. And he did that really well. And so that's why he got the extension and it's why ultimately he's not like, you know, like, I mean, frankly, you go look at other schools, go look at Indiana, for instance, who just fired Archie Miller for not making the tournament in his fourth year. Like in, if it was, if Archie Miller was the coach at Memphis, I'm pretty sure it'd be the same situation here where he'd be going into his fourth year. And it'd be, if this guy doesn't make the tournament, he's gone. But that's, you know, it's different for Penny because he is like he's not, you know, he's Penny Hardaway in Memphis and he's going to be judged differently because of that. Like, I don't think there's, you know, there's no one in town that I, you know, like there are some fans who are unhappy with Penny, but I think it's a vocal minority. I think overwhelmingly most fans, while frustrated and disappointed that the program's not in the NCAA tournament, I think they're happy with Penny being the coach of the program moving forward. I think people want, like, I think it's, I think it makes it more special if this drought finally ends with Penny as the coach because of what he means to Memphis.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I, I agree.
1: You know, but I also think I I also, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I think this was a disappointing season because you didn't achieve ultimately what you wanted to achieve. Um, you know, there were some bright spots, obviously the last, you know, 11, 11, 12 games of the year, this team played its butt off. And, um, but at the same time, you know, in those key moments that, that, you know, change the perceptions of seasons, they fell short. And now do I think that'll happen next year if they bring everyone back or bring most everyone back? No, I don't. I actually do think, next year looks like it could be a breakthrough year. If you bring the nuclear, you know, the, the majority of this nucleus back, because I, I do think it will be beneficial in the long run to have gone through what they just went through the heartbreak and the just falling short. There's so many teams over the years who you can go point to, you know, and go, and you go ask them, you know, what, why do you think you guys, you know, were able to, to win, you know, make, you know, go to the sweet 16 this year and then say term. And they go, well, it's partly because of what we went through. You, you know, they went through the growing pains. And so the column I wrote at CommercialPay.com was partly like, don't let these growing pains go to waste by, you know, not bringing back most most of this team. Like, make sure this was not – make sure this this latest Selection Sunday letdown was not in vain. Right. And so that's that's what you look at moving forward if you're Penny Hardaway. Um, and and I, I think there'll be some roster turnover – but because it's just, that's college basketball now. But if he can keep the vast majority of these guys in the fold, when we saw they're they're right on the verge of being a really good team there, there are a couple little things off and it's about fixing those little things emphasis, reemphasizing those little things, whatever it is. But, you know, again, it seems like they've got the broad strokes of something here. They just, they need to fine tune it. And, um, that's the that's the challenge this offseason going into next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so, NIT, National Invitation Tournament mm-hmm. starts Saturday – well, it starts Wednesday, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but Memphis plays Saturday. They play Dayton, the Dayton Flyers at 11 a.m. Saturday. Uh, you want to talk about – you want to get into that or
1: – Well, I mean,
0: it's – what I mean, honestly, like to
1: me – I mean, like if you win the NIT – I think that's a, that's an accomplishment, but like, ultimately they, like, let's say they lose, you know, like a lot of the NIT is going to be about like who it's like a bowl game, like who cares the most. And I do think, you know, given what Memphis has been through over the last week, I think they are ripe for a, you know, and especially the style they play. Like you cannot half-ass the way they play. You have to, You know, you have to be full-bore, gung-ho, whatever you want to say. Like, you can't just play 75% when you're playing the trapping, pressing style that they play. You'll get killed. But I do think they're ripe for, you know, like I do would wonder, like I wouldn't be surprised if they got knocked out early. Right. First or second round, even though they're a onesie, just because, you know, it's natural. Just, you know, they just fell short. There's a natural letdown possibilities here. And it, like, ultimately... Maybe if you win the NIT, it, you know, the fact that you end your year with a win, you know, it, you'll feel good. You'll feel better. You'll raise a banner. Yeah, you get to raise a banner. I mean, the last time they won the NIT, John Cal Perry had a parade down Beale Street. Um, but, you know, ultimately, like, this, again, I go back to you are judged in this sport by did you make the NCAA tournament or did you not make the And so, like, you know, maybe I'm sure there are fans that are super interested in this, and and more power to them. It's more basketball. It's more chance to get to see these guys play. But I, I'll be honest, I'm not super invested in the NIT, NIT in in Memphis's NIT run.
0: Well, so I'm kind of with you. Let's not ignore it, but let's also uh, talk about then. Uh, let's talk about what you know. We're talking a lot about next year. I mean, do we think, where do we think, you know, the, the, what do we think the pecking order is going to be? Is it too soon to start talking about that? Like, I think Cincinnati and Wichita State and Houston and Memphis are probably going to be the four best. Uh, well, a lot
1: of that depends on who's, who goes. No, that's right. That's, you right. know, I, I think, that, I think deciding who, what next year is going to look like right now. Cause like this offseason's going to be like free agency in college basketball. So guys yeah. are going to change teams with this new transfer waiver. And so, like, you know, like honestly, the the old like, oh no, three guys have transferred. What's going on with the program? That, that's not gonna. That's not gonna be the case this offseason. It's gonna be like, whoa, three guys only, three guys transferred. Only we only lost three. Like, it's that's literally what it's gonna be. Um, because so many guys, I think, are gonna switch. Anyone who's not the number one, the top dog on their current team, is gonna look into the possibilities whether they leave or not you'd be stupid. Frankly, you'd probably be stupid not to, um, given the way the rules are setting up. So, um, that, that's tough to deal with. Now, what, what I found interesting is, you know, Penny spoke today ahead of the NIT and, you know, I asked him, where's the program at? And in his comment was essentially, we've had, we've been unlucky. And I, and I think that's reasonable to say, if you look at the, th- you know, his three years, they have had some bad luck, no doubt about it. Um, but he, you know, he talked, Talked about how it, it, I think he feels much more comfortable today. Like, I don't know if the program's in a better spot today than it was before the season started, because I felt like we felt like this team was an NCAA tournament team before the season started. But it's certainly in a better spot than it was in the middle of December. And, yeah. and you know, like in the middle of December when they were losing, they lost the recruit. Um, the, the, the Just the product on the court didn't look right. And they're in a much better place than that. Um, And so Penny's comment was, you know, like, yes, you know, they they need to get better on offense. And, but like, at the same time, I think he feels more comfortable that he has settled on an identity for what his program is going to be long-term. And so that's why I think he feels, you know, I think Penny's disappointed he didn't make the NCAA tournament. I think you could see it on his face Saturday. Um, but I also think you – know, I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive. Where, like, I think you can be disappointed with how this season turns out, and I think you can also be um, – you can also be encouraged by what might be coming in the future. I think I don't think those are mutually exclusive uh, ideas or thoughts, if that makes any sense. And I yeah, think, yeah. I think I that's agree. where Penny's at. And I think that's where the, most of the fan base, if they really you know, peel back the layers of their feelings and take out you know, how badly you want Penny to, to succeed here, I think that's, a, that's the way most people probably look at it. Disappointed that you fell short of the NCA tournament, but encouraged that you know, ultimately they're, they are making progress in finally ending that drought. But it's still a drought, and it's still, like a, again, kind of a dark mark on the program right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think the the biggest key when we were just talking about you were just talking about the um the the fact that there's going to be a lot of turnover and there's going to be you know nobody knows who's going to be where and uh, the transfer market's going to be crazy and um, all that stuff. I think the, the big key is going to be uh, taking the right people and also you know are you are you losing the right people? Yeah, keep, not- keeping
1: who you want to keep. Like oh, there's, there's probably going to be some guys who decide to transfer and Penny's probably going to like, Penny's not going to like, I don't think Penny's going to force anyone out necessarily, but I think there are going to be some guys who say, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving the program. And Penny's like going to say, well, good luck. Like he's not going to try and talk them out of it. Right. Know? Whereas I think there are going to be some guys who maybe are, you know, on the fence who it's going to be up to Penny to talk them onto the Memphis side of the fence.
0: The of fun. the guys, of the guys that are of the guys that are currently uh, on the roster today, how many? I don't. I mean, we, we probably it's shouldn't so get into hard teams. to speculate on this because you know I'm not. No, ta- no, no. Oh. No, hold, hold on. I'm not. I'm not saying we need to name names or anything. But how many guys do you think are on the roster today that, if they were to say that, if they were to look into transferring, um, that Penny would say. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to we need to have the, a serious discussion here. I want to keep you. You know who? How many? Well, I'll name some of them. You know, we can name some. I do it. I'll be
1: honest. I with the way Boogie played then the year, I don't want Boogie getting away. He's and he's the guy people speculate about the most. Uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on who's leaving, who's going. Because like I've said in the past, these kids change their mind every week whether they're yeah. going to leave or not. It depends on if they had a good game or not. And so. Ultimately, and I think Penny to his, like it would be to, to try and predict what's going to happen would be underselling how good Penny is when he gets these kids in a room. And, right. you know, like you can't you can't overlook that part of it, even if a kid thinks he's going to he wants to transfer. I don't put it past Penny to talk him out of it because he's shown he's pretty good at stuff like that. <laughs> um, and but like I would say boogies one I wouldn't want to see go away. I wouldn't want to see obviously Lester. I wouldn't want to see Lester transfer. And I don't, you know, again, I'm not speculating that these guys want to transfer or don't want to transfer. I'm just telling you the guys who I think Penny should be doing his darndest to make sure are still in the fold next year. I, I would probably say um, DJ. I want to keep DJ. I mean, I know he had a, you know, kind of a, he did not live up to the preseason expectations of what people thought. You know, he was he was viewed as an, a potential all-conference type performer and just wasn't that. But I think you also saw in that Central Florida game when he's right, he is a he is a weapon. Uh, so I would want to try to keep DJ in the fold. Um, I'd say, you know, like DeAndre Williams and Landers Nolly are interesting because I think they were viewed more as one-year rentals when they came here, but you know, ultimately both of them have eligibility left. I'd want both of them back if they want to come back. Now, you know, does DeAndre Williams want to be a 25 year old in college? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, And does Landers Nolly, you know, I think he, he, you know, I think he's the type of guy who probably, you know, does he want to just start earning money playing professionally? I don't know if it's the NBA, but he could, you know, both those guys are in the same boat where I don't know, if coming back is going to just – is going to improve their stock in the eyes of the NBA. But if they came back, they'd be really nice players at the college level. Um, But so if they wanted to come back, I'd want to keep them. You know, I'd try – I'd make an effort to keep both of them. Um, Am I forgetting anyone?
0: Malcolm Dandridge, Alex Lomax.
1: um... Well, I see, I don't think – see, Alo and Malcolm, I put in a different category. Like, they're not going to leave. Like they're, they've been with Penny so long. Like I don't even consider that as a, uh, to be honest, like, you know, if Penny wants to keep those guys, if Penny wants them here, they're going to be here. But you know what I mean? Like that's th- those, those guys have been playing for him for going on a decade now, almost.
0: Yeah. Like Musa Cissé.
1: I'd want to keep Musa, you know, like, I think he's got, you know, this off season is going to be really important for Musa because, he needs, to, he needs to develop more. Like, he's got some intriguing parts to his game, but he's very clearly not a finished product. He's not close to being ready to go to the NBA. Like, But he strikes me as one of those guys who, if he stays three, four years in college, by the end of his college career, like, there's enough there already that if he just – you see with guys like him like, – like, for instance, I, I came of age watching Roy Hibbert at Georgetown. Musa Cissé is better than Roy Hibbert was as a freshman. Like Roy Hibbert was garbage, but by the end of his junior senior year, he was the he was an integral part of a final four team. And I think Musa could be the, you know, Musa could develop the same way, but stays a little bit longer and really develops. You know, right now he's got no offensive game. He's essentially just a dunker who blocks shots. And, you know, his IQ is, you know, especially defensively, like when he gets. You know they can't play him at the end of games because it's free throw shooting, and then also, you know, he blocks shots. But in terms of like pick and roll defense, he's a bit of a liability in terms of knowing his assignments and things like that. But he's also really young, and he he had so, he had, he showed you more than enough glimpses to go, man. If like he puts it all together, this guy could be a really good player. So yeah, I definitely Musa. I do not want to let go. I I, I want you invested so much in him this year in terms of development. You want, you don't want to let that, you know, you've invested a lot in him. You don't want to, you don't want to let that go. Um, so that, yeah, Moose, I definitely would want to keep. And then, you know, and then like, honestly, there's the, the other guys are kind of, you know, like it'd be nice if they stayed, but like ultimately right now with, they have four guys coming in, in their recruiting class, if I'm not mistaken, they're already won over the scholarship. Like someone's going to have to leave. In order for them to have enough scholarships, even as of right now, with no one else, you know,
0: like I, I think they're one over. I have to look at. I, I I haven't looked at it that closely, but you know, losing Lance so, Thomas, and Ahmad Rand. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't, I don't know how the numbers are right now, but um, yeah, but but, but that could be,
1: yeah, no, and so it'll be an interesting off season in that regard. Because again, I don't want to. None of this is meant to speculate any of those guys are leaving or any of them are staying. Right. Really know at this point? Um, I don't think Penny knows. I don't think the guys. I know. Yeah, I don't. You know, until the season's over, you can't. But it is just such a crucial because, like, ultimately, you look at the look at the NCAA tournament bracket that came out. The number one seeds, all of them, are teams that have been together for a few years. Yeah, Chicago, Michigan, Baylor, Illinois. They all have like yes, they you know they bring in new parts every year, but there's like, like a foundation of core players that have been there several years and memphis is on the verge of having that finally for the first time in a long time if they can keep these this nucleus in the fold they're they're right on the cusp of having that type of team like a veteran laden team and so um that is that feels so so important uh for the future of the program uh you know as we move forward um so we'll see i mean we but we'll see there's still the nit to play so since I, it's It sounds to me, Jason, that you are really excited to talk about this Dayton game. So we'll wrap up, like, yeah. like give us a give us a preview of the Dayton game. Dayton has Jalen Crutcher; he's their star. He's played at Ridgeway High School here in Memphis. I remember vividly my first year here watching a region semifinal game in which Jalen almost single-handedly helped uh, had uh, Ridgeway had East single-handedly had East on the ropes when Penny was the coach and, and East had ALO, TJ Moss, who was, went to South Carolina Chandler Lawson um, that team is his first state championship team. Um, and I watched Jalen Crutcher almost single-handedly cause an upset there. Um, but what, what do you, what do you make of uh, Dayton? And I guess this NIT run, what do you, do you foresee Memphis going on, going on the postseason run? We were hoping they would go on in the AAC tournament slash NCA tournament.
0: Well, I think they've got a pretty good chance to get out of their quadrant um, to to get to what would be the, uh, I guess, final the semifinals. Um, you know, Dayton is a team that I think that, that disappointed. I mean, they were picked to finish second or third in their league preseason and ended up finishing, I think seventh. Um, I mean, Jalen Crutcher's really, he's, he's it, he's, he's averaging 18.1 points per game. Um, now he's, a, he's a really, really, I mean, he's a very, very good player, uh, great player. Um, but he's kind of all they got. Um, just looking at some of the numbers, they do a few things well. They're like 32nd in the country in three-point field goal percentage and 23rd in the country in two-point field goal percentage. Um, but everything else is either middle of the road or not great. Um, mm-hmm. Defense, uh, adjusted efficiency on defense, they're 88th in the country, uh, 77th in adjusted efficiency offense. Um, yeah, and like I said, like they turn the ball over. It seems like a lot. They're ranked 291st in turnover percentage. Um, so I, I think, and, and they're, they're a fourth seed for a reason. And I'm not even sure they would have made the NIT if not for, uh, some of those teams like Seton Hall and Duke and Louisville and St. Yeah. Joe's, uh, who, who St. John's who, who declined NIT, uh, uh, invites. Um, so, you know, it, Memphis needs to win that game, uh, the, the, I don't needs
1: learn. needs is a very strong word when it comes to the nit. Nothing needs <laughs> like I'm gonna be honest. Needs feels a little strong. You want to win it, you'd because you, you'd rather win than lose. But like if they lose, whatever. We're just gonna start watching the. You know, you will just yeah. You'll forget. It'll be one o'clock and you'll go. oh, There's an the NCAA tournament's on and you'll start watching the NCAA tournament. Like uh, needs. I don't know about needs to win, but it'll. Well- be- it's at least it's more basketball, more chance to see this team play. I'm sure, you know, like at least, at least you got the NIT. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. so I, I, and then, and then if they, the other, the other side of their quadrant is uh, Boise state and SMU, um, SMU's played one game in two months or whatever mm-hmm. it is, one game in a month. And uh, so I don't, you know, who know they didn't look all that great when they, uh, when they got back on the court at the AAC tournament, so um, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be Memphis and Boise in the in the quarterfinals. Um, so there there's some intriguing matchups possibilities.
1: Um, well, and as a, as a reminder, it's the NIT is only 16 teams this year, and it's only taking place in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So no, yeah. there's no Madison Square Garden trip this year on the line it's you got you win four games you win the you win the tournament and uh i believe it'll be over by like next by by early uh two weeks from now or like uh, like basically right after the second weekend of the tournament is the finals
0: yeah two weeks from yesterday to march 28th is the championship game Gotcha. so
1: um we'll see how memphis does in that hope you know i, I do actually think like to me if you win, you know losing the first or second game or winning the first or the second game of the NIT doesn't really matter. But if you, if you can go win a title, I do actually think that would be meaningful in some way. So um, there is something to play for there. Um, certainly just, 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 just ending the season with some momentum, you know, that, that, yeah. You know, I don't know if it's a huge difference, but it's better than, you know, and you know, lo- if you lose to Dayton and, and you you're, you basically have, these three straight disappointing losses almost or three disappointing losses in your last four games. Um, it, it just wouldn't, it, it, you'd prefer to go into the off season
0: with a better taste in your mouth than that. And not that it mean, and not that it means anything in the grand scheme of things, but if you win it, you can, you can carry that with you. See, we should have been in the NCAA tournament. We, we were, you know, we, we, we beat some teams and won some games and, and, in a, in a, in a tournament setting and, and, you know, you should have, you should have put us in, uh, yeah, that sort of thing. So, yeah, well,
1: alas, they, uh, did not, uh, make it once again. So hopefully next year, better luck next year, if you will, uh, we will have, uh, tons of coverage of the, like, you can hear, you can hear the excitement in Munz's voice. He cannot wait to come to an IT tournament. So, um, he will have coverage at CommercialAppeal.com. I'll be writing about the Tigers as well over at CommercialAppeal.com, so make sure you're checking it out. Um, and we will probably do at least one more podcast, um, certainly. It's, uh, you know, it depends what happens here as the NIT moves along, but we'll, we'll certainly do one more um, to wrap up the season. But till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest
0: of your week. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.